Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. I hope that you had a, a good week. Anybody have a good week? Anybody have an all right week? Like it's, it was all right. I'm, I'm here, right? Praise God. Man, I, I, uh, before we get started, before we get started, if we have any visitors, I, I do want to say welcome to Numa Church. Um, you know, if you don't have a church of your own, we welcome you here. We, we, this is a place where, where we love and uh, we, we, we teach the word of God and, and we disciple and we, we you know, we're, we're, we're Numa Church uh, which means spirit. It means that we are we are moved, led, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. That is our mission as a church. And uh, so, if you're not connected to a church, you can you can connect to this one. Uh, you can follow us uh, online on Facebook, on Instagram, My Numa Church. Um, and if you are a guy, anybody a guy in here, like a re- like a real biological guy, right? Amen. <laughs> these these days, <laughs> these days. God made you a man. You're a man, right? Um, next next week we have a men's gathering. We do these, uh, I believe, every every other month. Amen. And they're they're awesome, man. We we just a bunch of guys get together and and we have a good time and we fellowship. And uh, this this uh, coming Saturday is going to be at Pastor Danny's house. Um, so so if if you are interested in that, you can you can uh, get with Brother Angel back here. He's get, he's he's over there. He's the guy that they confuse with me because we're both bald. Um, or my brother David right here. Uh, you can talk to us and you can see us about, about details. Amen. Um, this morning, I want to ask that you turn, to me, to the, uh, turn with me to the book of Kings. 2 Kings chapter 4, uh, verses 8 through 37. I ain't going to lie. This is going to be the most that I ever read on a Sunday morning. There's a lot. There's a lot here. And um, so I want you to follow along with me. I have it up here on the screen. And, you know, sometimes... For me, if I'm reading and I'm hearing the preacher, you know, read a different version, I don't, I don't get it. I, I just, I need one, I need, you know, I can't focus on two different things at one time. So, so if that's you, just, just listen. Um, or if you're the type of person who wants to read it your way, read it your way, whatever your Bible says, do that. Um, but, but I'm reading from the NLT this morning, 2 Kings 4, 8 through 37, and I need you to bear with me and because this, this is a lot here, but I need you to, to be attentive this morning to the word of God. Amen? Amen. And it says this, beginning with verse 8. It says, one day Elijah went to the town of Shunem, and a wealthy woman lived there, and she urged him to come to her home for a meal. And after that, whenever he passed that way, he would stop there for something to eat. And she said to her husband, I am sure that this man who stops in from time to time is a holy man of God. See, holiness is, is shown. It's not told, right? Don't, don't, you don't need to tell somebody you're holy. Let them see it by the fruit that you produce. Amen. Uh, verse 10 says, Let, let's build a small room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed and a table and a chair and a lamp. And then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes. And so one day, Elijah returned to Shunan and, and he went to the upper room to rest And he said to his servant, Gehazi, tell the woman from Shunem, I want to speak to her. And when she appeared, Elijah said to Gehazi, tell her, we appreciate the kind concern that you have shown us. What can we do for you? 
Can we put in a good word for you, for, uh, for you to the king or the commander of the army? No, she replied. My family takes good care of me. And later, Elijah asked Gehazi, what can we do for her? Because we got to do something for her. She, she built this, this room for us. We got to do something. And Gehazi replied, well, she doesn't have a son. And her husband is an old man. Call her back again, Elijah told him. When the woman returned, Elijah said to her, as she stood in the doorway, next year at this time, you will be holding a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she cried. Oh, man of God, don't deceive me and get my hopes up like that. But sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant. And at that, that time, the following year, she had a son, praise God, just as Elijah had said. And one day when her child was older, he went out to help his father who was working uh, with the harvesters. And suddenly he cried out, my head hurts, my head hurts. And, and, and he, his father said to one of the servants, carry him to, to his mother. So the servant took him home and his mother held him on her lap. But at around noontime, he died and she carried him up and she laid him on the bed, the man of God. And then she shut the door and left him there. And she sent a message to her husband, send one of the servants and a donkey so that I can hurry to the man of God and come right back. Why today, he asked. It is neither a new moon festival nor a Sabbath, but she said it will be all right. And so she saddled the donkey and said to the servant, hurry, don't slow down unless I tell you. As she approached the man of God at Mount Carmel, Elijah saw her at a distance and he said to Gehazi, go look, the, the woman from Shuman is coming. Run out to meet her and ask her, is everything all right with you and your husband and your child? Yes, the woman told Gehazi, everything is fine. But when she came to the man of God at the mountain, she fell to the ground before him and caught hold of his feet. Gehazi began to push her away, but the man of God said, leave her alone. She is deeply troubled, but the Lord has not told me what it is. And then she said, did I ask for a son? And didn't I say, don't deceive me and get my hopes up? And then Elijah said to Gehazi, get ready to travel, take my stuff and go. And skipping down to verse 32, it says, when Elijah arrived, the child was indeed dead lying there on the prophet's bed. He went in alone and shut the door behind him, and he prayed to the Lord. And then he lay down on the child's body, placing his mouth on the child's mouth and his eyes on the child's eyes and his hands on the child's hands. And as he stretched out on him, the, the child's body began to grow warm again. And Elijah got up and walked back and forth across the room once and then stretched himself out again to the child. This time the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. And then Elijah summoned Gehazi, call the child's mother, he said. And when she came in, Elijah said, here, take your son. And she fell at his feet and bowed before him, overwhelmed with gratitude. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word, my God, because it speaks and it pierces and it convicts, my God. And I pray that it do that this morning, Father God. I pray that you speak to your people, Lord. I pray that you be on my lips, Father God, that it may not be me speaking, but you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. I told you, I told you that was a lot of reading, right? But this was one of those things that I can't summarize, a lot of times when there's a lot of text, sometimes I'll, I'll summarize a little bit when, when, when the details aren't in, as important, but the details here, I wanted you to get that so that you understood the power of this story. You know, a lot of times we talk about, we talk about the greats, right? Uh, the, the great men and women of God in, in the Bible. Elijah was one of those mighty men of God. He was actually known as the man of God. That was his title. He was a man of God. He was a bad boy, man. 
God used him in ways that you would not believe, in ways that, man, we don't even see many be used today uh, through the power of resurrection, multiplication of food, healing, leprosy. He was a successor to another mighty man of God, Elijah. These two men are considered the greatest prophets in the Old Testament. So, so, so it's easy to look at them, right, and, and just be in awe of their ministry. But my God, the faith and the peace of the Shunammite woman, this, this, this underdog in, in, in the scriptures, this woman that you probably never heard about, this woman that, that they don't even mention by name, her faith, her peace was on another level. And, and man, I was, I was reading a lot of Elijah's story this week, and uh, I was just looking miracle after miracle. I mean, he's, again, he's a bad boy, man. Read Elijah's story. And I was reading, and, 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 and I said, God, I want to be like Elijah. I said, God, make me like Elijah. I want to be used like Elijah was used. Now, in reality, I don't know if I really want that. I don't know if I can handle that much anointing. And, and that was actually what, what Elijah told Elijah when Elijah asked Elijah for a double portion. Elijah said, I want to be, I want what you have. I want to be able to minister the way that you minister. I want to be used by God the way that you're used by God. And Elijah said, are you sure, bro? I don't think you know what you're asking for. He says, it is going to be a difficult journey. That's a different sermon. But I said, God, I want to be used to that level, man. I, w- I want to be able to pray for somebody on a Sunday morning to, that you may heal their cancer. And then Monday morning, I get a call. Pastor, God took it away from me. I want that level of anointing. And I, every, every miracle that Elijah did, I was like, man, God, I want to be used like that. But then I get to this story of the Shunammite, and I was like, God, give me a faith like that. Give me a peace like this woman. Give me a joy to be able to say in times of tragedy and despair and trouble, everything is fine. That's the title of my sermon. Everything is fine. Tell the person next to you, everything is fine. It's going to be all right. Man. I'm convinced, church, I was was thinking about this this week. I'm convinced that the way that Christians pray today is not the way that men and women of faith prayed back in the day. Like, like in Bible times. Like, and I'm talking about specific types of prayer. Like specifically when it comes to things that are completely outside of the realm of man's control. See, back in the day, people knew how to pray man, like in such an effective way. And it had nothing to do with the eloquence of their words. It had nothing to do with the dynamic of, of uh, the volume that they, that they spoke in. And, and if they prayed loud, it, it, you know, God heard you louder, right? No, it had nothing to do with that. It, what it was is that there was a prayer with expectation. They prayed with expectation, right? See, see back in the day, when, when, when something was outside of the, the realm of man's control, that's when things got exciting, it was exciting when it got outside of man's control because like as soon as it left the realm of man's control, now it's all in God's hands, right? Because man, man isn't putting his nasty, dirty little fingers all over everything, knocking things down, messing things up and ruining everything. It's in God's hands now. Praise God. It was exciting when it got to that point. Now it's like, well, it's in God's hands. Like we're bummed out about it, you know? Like, I, I, man, we tried everything. It's in God's hands now. 
Back in the day, I was like, man, it's, it's in God's hands now. Thank God. Thank God we tried everything that we could and we couldn't figure it out because now it's in God's hands. And you know what can happen when something is in God's hands? Impossible things can happen when it's in God's hands. Like, 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 like for real. For real. In moments of desperation, man, when the doctors, they can't figure it out. The experts don't have the answers. The, the, the scientists are dumbfounded. That's when, that's when we should be excited because those are the ingredients for a miracle to take place and leave us in anticipation. But instead, when it gets to this point, come on, let's be honest, we've already given up. We've already thrown in the towel. We don't pray with expectation anymore. A lot of times we go to God already defeated, already done. And maybe it's because at one point in your life, maybe you prayed for something. Come on, let's get real. Maybe you prayed for something one time and God didn't come through for you in the way that you wanted him to come through for you. And so that's, that's affected your prayer life thereafter. And you don't pray with as much faith anymore because your faith has been tainted. Maybe it's because we, and I, this is a good theory, I think maybe because we live in the blessed U.S. of A. Where we have an abundance of everything and we don't really lack as, as much as, as some people in other parts of the world, maybe that's what it is and we're not as dependent on God because we're just dependent on, on what we have. Whatever your reasoning, maybe you don't pray with expectation anymore. And I've said this before, I gotta I got say it again, I'm not a name it and claim it preacher, okay? I'm not, I don't, I don't teach name it and claim it theology the way that it's being taught today. I don't think it is theology. I don't think it's theological. I, I think the only thing that we have a right to claim are the things that God has already decreed. That's it, right? Right? You know what I'm saying, Brother Edward? Like, I, I can claim my eternal inheritance because God has given that to me. I can claim victory over sin because Christ defeated it and Christ lives in me. The only thing that we as children of God have a right to claim are the things that God has given to us. Have you, you ever, like, listened to your kids? They're, they're talking to their friends, and they're like, you want to come over to my house, Right? And you're, do you ever think, that's not even your house, little twerp? Do you think that? No, like, you, you, maybe, maybe you do, maybe you do. But Layla's like, when are you going to come over to my house, right? And, and I'm not thinking, like, it's, it's not even your house, right? right? I, I, I know that as, as, as my daughter, my house is her house, right? Now, her, her name isn't on the title, right? It's not on the deed, right? The title says Big Papa, right? That's what it says, <laughs> but what's mine is hers because I am her father and it's going to be passed down to her right but we can't use our royal privileges as sons and daughters to, to build up treasures here on earth that don't even belong to God I'm talking about claim that Mercedes go to work <laughs> Mercedes just because you're God's special boy, right? <laughs> or girl. So, so, so what do I mean? What do I mean by praying with expectation? Praying with expectation simply means knowing. Somebody say knowing. knowing. Knowing that God's will is going to be done over the events that you cannot control. That's what it means to pray with expectation. So, 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 so that's what I expect from God. When I say, Lord, thy will be done... On earth as it is in heaven, 
I know that he is going to do it his way. I am, I, I'm letting him, I'm, I'm surrendering to his will. And they, that might not be what you thought it meant. You might have thought that it meant that when you pray, you can ask for anything and it's going to be given to you. Why would God grant something that he does not will? Praying with expectation means that I am going to God when everything is out of my hands with peace and assurance because God will do his will and everything will be fine. I expect my God to be in control. I expect it. When it gets to this point, this is where we just, we just watch. It's outside of my hands. What, what is God going to do? What's he going to do? This Shunammite woman, she possessed that peace. She had that peace. And like I said, when I read it, I said, man, God, I want that. I want that peace. I want that peace. You know what it is to live like in peace? It's, it's, it's peaceful. <laughs> Imagine that. Living in the peace of God. Truly. You're content. You're good. And, and even in what you lack, you're fine. It's all good because God's got me. The Bible says that, that any time Elijah, the man of God, would, would pass through her town, she would prepare a meal for him. Right. And it became something of a tradition, uh, you know, so much that any time he came down, she told her husband, hey, let's let's build him a room so that when she comes or I'm sorry, when he comes, you know, he can eat and he can rest. Now, I, I don't doubt that this was a nice woman, but I, I don't I don't think she would have done it just for anybody because she tells her husband, I am sure that he is a man of God. Let's build him a room. She wants to honor the man of God. Maybe that's her gifting. Hospitality. Some of y'all have been saying, man, I don't preach, I don't teach, I don't sing. What can I do? God can use anything, anything you have to give to God. Anything can be turned into something for God's glory. Doesn't matter. If you cook, bro, you cook those tacos. Cook them. Cook them for your pastor. Cook them. (laughs) This is her way of showing honor. She's showing honor. She's a godly woman. She was wealthy. She and her family weren't in need of really anything. And so when Elijah asked, what can, what can I do to repay your hospitality? She says, nothing. I'm good. I'm good. She's content. She's happy with what she has. But, but, but think about it. Like the, the, Elijah was asking on behalf of God. He was saying, what can God do for you? Now, now we know that there's, there's some things that money can't buy. So... I mean, we all have something that we desire. There's always something that we want. We all have wants. Yes, she was a wealthy woman. But, 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 but God was asking, what can I do for you? And she didn't say anything. She said, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. You know, sometimes we don't bring God our requests, honestly, because we think they're trivial. And I've, I've been there before. Sometimes I don't pray for God for, for, for the things that's on my heart. Become like, God, I mean... Do you really have time for this, right? It's not important. There's more important things in the world, right? Um, And so sometimes there's things in our heart that we feel are trivial and we don't bring it to God. But what if God really asks you, what do you want? What do you want? I'm sure that you could think of something. I'm sure you got a list. This woman had that opportunity. And she says, nothing. Not even Solomon said nothing. Solomon was asked, ask whatever you want. And it will be given to you. And he says wisdom. And praise God he said wisdom because he needed wisdom. But this woman says nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. 
But Elijah wasn't having it. She was like, there's, surely there's something. Surely there's something. And so Gehazi says, well, she's never had, she's never had a, a, a child. And her husband is old. And so, you know, once he passes, there's no one going to be around to take care of this woman. You know, she's, she's got no one. And so he's all right. Okay, God is going to give you a child. God's going to give you a child. Has, has, has God ever given you something that you never asked for? All the time, right? All the time, every day. Every day, he, he supplies every single one of our needs. You know, maybe, maybe at one time, you were asking God repeatedly for something, but then you accepted God's silence as God's will. That it was just not going to happen, so you stopped asking. I don't know if I'm talking to anybody, but, 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 but then he comes out of nowhere years later, and then he just drops it on you when you weren't expecting it. Those are truly amazing moments, man. Like, like God, I've been asking for a job because I need a job and it's, it hasn't been given to me and I've been applying and applying and I'm applying and, and it's just not happening. So now I'm, I'm, I'm holding a bachelor's degree and I'm working at Taco Bell, but you know what? I'm not going to ask anymore. I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to trust you because I've asked already. I spent so much time hurting and prayer. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to leave it in your hands. I'm at peace. If you give me a job, praise God. If you don't give me a job, praise God. I got Taco Bell, right? I'm content with what I have. And then, boom, God gives you a job. That's an awesome moment. This woman, she had it settled in her mind. A child is not in the cards. It's just not going to happen. I've accepted that. And then boom, Elijah says, this time next year, you're going to have a child. You're going to have a baby boy. And verse, verse 16, she says, no, my Lord. No, I, I imagine it more like, no, like, like my wife. No, shut up, right? Like super dramatic. She got the little one saying it too. Like Layla, like, no. She says, no. She says, oh, man of God, don't deceive me. Don't play with me, she says. Don't get my hopes up. And she receives a long-awaited and probably forgotten about miracle that she stopped asking for. You know how we know that she wanted a child? By her reaction. Because when Elijah said, this time next year you're going to have a child, she didn't say, oh, no, 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 thank you. All right, like, like some of y'all might say, right? Now, please, Lord, please no, right? She said, don't get my hopes up. Don't get my hopes up. Don't make me think something is going to happen. I, I bet you she said it with tears in her face. Don't get my hopes up because I've tried. I've been through this. I've tried and I've tried. And one time we got pregnant and then we lost the baby and it was hurtful. And then we tried again and then the same thing happened. Well, I've tried. Don't get my hopes up. And then God blesses her with the child. I praise God, but the part, that, the part that I didn't understand when I first read this, because this is so clearly God, right? This wasn't just chance. This, this was God asking, what do you want? And then God saying, I'm going to give this to you. God had some type of miracle for this baby boy to, to be born. So what I don't understand is why he died. Why did he die? I, I understand people die. We go through life, things, things happen, but... But why did he die so young? You know, I would have expected him to, 
to be born, and that was it. You know, he, he lived a long, healthy life, and, and his, his dad passed away, and he was able to take care of his mom. And, and, and praise God, he had a long, fruitful life. But the Bible says that he died when he was still a child. Why do such a miraculous thing just to take it away? That's what I didn't understand. I bet that's what this woman didn't understand. I don't get it. I, I didn't even ask for this. I had resolved it in my mind. I was already at peace with it, that it wasn't going to happen, but it did happen by the grace of God, only for God to take him away. I don't understand. See, God is going to do miracles in your life that you don't understand, but he's also going to allow tragedy to come that you don't understand. And we have to accept the two, that if God can do a miracle that you can't explain, he can allow tragedy to happen that you you're just not going to understand. And I know that that hurts. And I know that you don't want to, 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 to receive that. And I know that when you go to your pastors and your leader and, and spiritual mentors, you want answers and there's just no answers. This woman, she, she, went, she went to Elijah, not even Elijah. The man of God filled with such an incredible anointing had an answer to give this woman. But she said, I got to go see the man of God. She said, I got, I got to see the man of God. She, and she tells her husband. She tells her husband, I got to go, go see the man of God today. And, and, and the husband's like, why today? Why today? I, I, if I were the woman, I'd be like, because my son just died. <laughs> what do you think? But, but in reality, I think the husband, I think the husband, he, he was probably being rational. I think he was probably saying, babe, he's, he's gone, babe. What is the man of God going to do? What is he going to do? Why, why disturb him today? Why, why bother him? Let's just, let's, let's give it to Monday. He's, he's gone. He's gone. Our little boy is, is gone. I think that's the way that we go to God sometimes. Hopeless and defeated. Rationally. As if God can't do miracles. We've, we've all done it. But she says, all is well. Modern translation, it's all good. Once again, you you see the peace of this woman. She just lost her son. She's not frantic and she's not in a bad state of mind. She's at peace. Surely God's in control. Surely God's in control. Surely God's in control. Speak that over your situation this morning. Surely God is in control. Speak, ta- speak that over the things that you can't control. God is in control. God is in control. She says, God is in control. All is well, but I got to go see the man of God. Church, surround yourself with men of God. <laughs> surround yourself with women of God who are connected to God in, in a way that maybe you're not connected to God. Okay, there's no doubt that this woman was a woman of God. I'm sure that she was devoted. She was a God fearing woman, but she didn't have the same connection that Elijah had. Okay, Uh, Aaron was a man of God, but he didn't have the same connection that Moses had. David was a man of God. He was a man after God's own heart, but he didn't have the same connection that Samuel had. God is so big that we can't all be connected to him the same way. So so get yourself a friend who prays like no one else, you know. Get yourself someone in your life who knows the word of God like no one else you know. Get yourself somebody who can speak wise counsel into your life like no one else can. Man, we got to stop going to our best friend for everything. 
when they ain't connected to God the way that you need somebody to be connected to God, and they might give you what you need to hear, and they might, might, might give you a shoulder to cry on, but they ain't giving you what God wants to give you. I need a man of God. I need to go see the man of God, she says. So she gets there, and the man of God sees her from afar, and he says, go, ask her if everything's okay. Is everything okay with your family, your husband, your, yourself? Everything's good? Verse 26, she says, yes, everything is fine. How, how can she even say that? How can she even say, I, I was led to wonder, like, was she just lying? Like, you know how, like, when you ask, like, women. <laughs> Should I keep going? Like, uh, you ask them, are you, baby, okay? I'm fine. And they, they, they do that whole, like, the thing with their eyes, I'm fine. <sighs> I'm fine. I'm good. Preaching. <laughs> That's what, like, was she lying? Was she, what, what, was she, was she psyching herself out? Maybe she was trying to overhype herself. To, make, to convince herself, like it was some psychological thing that, to convince herself that she was really okay when she wasn't. Or was she really fine? And just cold-blooded, you know? I, I, I didn't understand it. So, so I went to the Hebrew, you know? I went to the Hebrew. And I looked up the word that she used for fine. And our English words don't really do it justice. So your, your, your word might say, well. But the, the word that she used in the Hebrew, y'all might know this one. Is shalom. What does that mean? Peace. So she wasn't really saying it's all good. She was saying, I'm at peace. I'm at peace. I'm at peace. And, and some of us think that it's not possible to be at peace when we're broken, but it is. It's possible to express distress and still have peace. See, Philippians says God, that the peace of God surpasses all understanding. It surpasses all understanding. You don't understand it. It's something divine. You can't understand it with our finite minds. And so I don't understand why my son died. I don't understand why I'm going through what I'm going through. I don't understand why I can't find a job. I don't understand why I can't get out of debt and why I can't prosper financially. And every year that comes, I'm like, this is my year. And it never is. I don't understand why I'm experiencing loss. But I also don't understand why I have the peace of God through all of this. That's the beauty of knowing God. That's the beauty of knowing God. When you know God, you know peace. Right? And everything can be in chaos. Everything can be in chaos. But your spirit, your spirit is good. And you can be crying and you can be crying out and you can be, you can be frantic and you can be falling at the feet of, of, of Jesus at the altar. But your spirit, your spirit is good. And it's when you have the peace that you pray with expectation because you know that God is going to do what he wills to do and that peace is still going to be present. So the woman says, the woman says, I'm at peace. I'm at peace. But she still expresses herself, right? She still shows emotion. 
She still falls down at the feet of Elijah and she says, did I ask for a son? Did I, did I tell you, please don't deceive me. Did I, didn't I tell you, don't get my hopes up. She's expressing her pain. She's showing her emotions. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't show your emotions, but she was still at peace. She was still at peace. She's already shown God that the peace of God is so strong in her. It is well with her soul. She was at peace before she even had a son. She said, I'm good. I don't, I, I don't need anything. I'm at peace. She was at peace the moment her son died when she tells her husband, all is well. And then now, at the feet of Elijah, after she's had time to process the death of her son and, and probably ask a million questions as to why he died, she's still saying, I'm at peace. I'm at peace. This is a woman who lives in peace. Man, live in peace, church. Live in peace. Now, this is what I want you to get. I'm going to have the worship team come up. I'm, I'm almost through. But how many times have we gone to God without peace? Just be honest with yourself. Think about the last time you prayed about something that, I mean, we're talking about spiritual warfare, right? We're talking about things that you cannot control. I mean, you're, you're pleading with God. How many times have you gone to God without peace in your soul? See, see when, when you go to God in peace, even though you're bringing him chaos, your peace shows that he's enough. Your peace is telling him, you're enough, God. And see, we don't always go to God in peace. A lot of times... A lot of times our peace is dependent on the miracle that we hope to get. This woman's son was already dead, and she's declaring, I'm at peace. My, my spirit is fine. And I, I, I think that one of the reasons we don't pray with expectation is because we don't pray with peace. And again, I'm talking about warfare type of prayer here. You're appealing to the highest authority because no one else can do the miracle except for God. See, you're not praying with expectation when your peace is hopeful, and I, man, I hope I'm explaining myself right, when, 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 when you're hoping that the prayer comes to pass, and then I can have peace. That's backwards. That's backwards. And I think, I had never thought about this before, but as I was thinking about it, I think we've been taught to do it this way in life. You, you, you are taught to have expectation first, and then peace comes afterwards. So like when you get on an airplane, you have no idea where the pilot went to school. You've probably never even seen him before. You don't know who he is. You don't know how many flight hours he's had. You don't know if this is his first day on the job. You have no idea. But you, <laughs> but you get on that plane, no questions asked, and you sit down, and you're at peace. You get your little coffee. You get your little iPad out, and you're good. I know some people still freak out right but for the most part for the most part you expect him to be qualified at his job you expect him to be able to keep you in the air not cause it to to be so turbulent and to land you at the time it's time to land and get you there in one piece you expect that so that expectation produces peace so we've we've been taught to do it backwards Okay? Because when it comes to God, you can't have the expectation. Listen, you can't have the expectation that every day God is going to keep you in the air. 
No, you, you don't have that expectation because God likes to test our faith. God, we, we talked about this two weeks ago. God will, the spirit of God will lead you into the wilderness. How do I know today I'm not going to go into the wilderness? How do I know to, to tomorrow I'm not going to go through hell on earth? How do I know? I don't have the expectation that everything is going to be okay tomorrow. So instead, I have to have the peace of God first to expect that even if I'm going through the highs and the lows and the rivers and the valleys and the mountains, I'm going to be okay because I'm in God's hands. I'm in God's hands. I am at peace knowing who God is and, and that I am in his hands and I'm being held and I am loved and he's got me. I have that peace. And because I have the peace... I expect that everything he takes me through is because he wills it and is made to refine me and it's made to make me grow. It's made to test me. Live with that peace. Live with that peace. You can't expect tomorrow to be peachy. And so when I pray with peace, It's not that I expect God to keep me in the air, right? It's just that I I know that if I fall, if he allows me to fall, I have the peace of knowing that I'm in his hands. That peace produces expectation. The peace produces expectation. Not the expectation produces the peace. The peace has to produce the expectation. So, So you want your prayer life to change. You have to possess peace. You, 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 want, you want to change the posture of your spirit, the posture of your worship. You have to possess peace. And some of you are walking around daily with troubled spirits. And you're asking God for all the things that you don't have and all the things that you need him to supply. And there's nothing wrong with asking. But until you learn to be content, because God is sufficient, you're always going to long for something more that will never satisfy Jesus tells a woman at the well all you need to do is drink of the living water because this water it might it might satisfy you for a second it might make you feel good right now it might hydrate you for the day but you can't expect to not be thirsty tomorrow but with the peace with the water that I give you that's eternal that's eternal and you're never going to hunger again you're never going to thirst again you have to have a spirit that in every season declares everything is fine I know it's easier said than done it is so much easier said than done it's so much easier to say amen to pastor but man when you're in it I want to close with this, John 16, 33. My brother David actually touched on this verse this morning in the Spanish sermon. Jesus is, is, is telling his disciples that he's got to go. He's got to leave. And he's telling them all that's going to happen. He's being, he's being brutally honest with them. He's saying, look, you're going to face persecution. You're going to be flogged. You're going to be beaten. You're going to be spit on. You're going to be hated. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to be thrown into prison. And eventually, you probably will even die for your faith. It ain't going to be pretty. Expect the worst. Expect the worst. But possess the peace. 
because you're going to go through hell on earth. And, and we are all going to go through seasons of hell on earth. We're going to have moments of joy and celebration, but you're also going to have moments of sorrow and pain where your world is going to be shaken. And the only way to withstand it is with the peace of God. Jesus says, I have told you all these things. I have told you the worst of the worst. I told you what to expect so that you may have peace. Here on earth, you will face many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. We need to possess peace. I want to ask that you pray for peace this morning. God, fill me with peace because I am troubled. My spirit is troubled. Every time I go to you, my God, every time I go to you, it's in fear. It's in, in anxiety. And, and I'm, I, I just, I can't deal with it. My God, give me peace. Give me peace. Come on, can we stand this morning? And what I want to ask of you this morning is I want you to come forward. And I want you to just to pray with peace. And if you're in need of prayer, I'm going to have the, the prayer team come up and help me out. Because I believe that there's people here this morning that, that need to be prayed for. And if that's you this morning, if you need to be prayed for, if you're going through something tragic, if you are going through something, you don't understand it. The Bible says that, that we should get all the elders in. And when there is a need, we lay hands. And if that's you this morning, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask that you come forward. Don't, don't, don't be ashamed. We all go through things. But if that's you, I want you to come up. And I want us to pray for you. And for everyone else, right there where you're at, or you can come forward, I want us just to pray for the peace of God to fill our spirits right now in this moment. Fill us with the peace of God. Fill us so that our prayers change. So that we may pray with expectation, my God, of knowing that everything is going to be fine. Because we are your children. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.